This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchim Aboyim. Welcome everyone. We're continuing in, Mish- in Daf HaShavua. Today we're learning Ayin Vav Amad Aleph. We're going to try to do Ayin Vav Amad Aleph now and Ayin Vav Amad Aleph in a bit. Ayin Vav Amad Aleph begins by uh, discussing a stira in the Mishnah. The Mishnah on the bottom of Ayin Hei Amad Aleph wrote the following contradiction. If someone had mumin, a woman was found with imperfections. If she's still in her father's house after Erosin, then the burden of proof rests on the father to prove the mumin came after and not before. Once she did Nesuin and she entered the, the Rishus of the Baal, the husband has to bring proof that the mumin were existing before Erosin. So it's a stira, because the reisha implies the burden of proof is on the father, and which means that the husband wins, and we don't believe the woman, because we say cheskas mamain prevails. That seems to be the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua. Mashiach came the sefer that the burden of proof rests on the husband. That means that the the woman is in the right. If the woman is in the right, that means we follow Cheskas Haguf. That seems to follow the opinion of Rabban Gamliel. That being the case, that being the case, um, it's a stereo between the Reish and the Seifa. So we've seen a number of possible answers. The first answer we saw was Rabbi Elazar on Ein Hamad Beis who says Tavra that the author of the Reisha is not the author of the Seifa. Namely, the author of the Reisha is uh, Rabbi Yeshua, who says, we follow Cheskas Mamain. And in that case, the burden of proof would be on the father, even after Nesuin. The Seifa is going like Ram Gamliel, that we say Cheskas Aguf, and the burden of proof is on the husband, but the burden of proof would be on the husband, even if they were found after Erosin. That's Rebbe Elazar. Uh, then we saw the answer of Rava. Rava said the difference between the Reish and the Seif is really the whole Mishnah is Ram Gamliel. And really we should follow Cheskas Haguf. And Cheskas Haguf should say, even in the Reisha, the burden of proof should be on the Baal that the Mumin were there before, because Cheskas Haguf says it happened later. However, in the Reisha we say, Kan Nimtsu Kan Hoyu. Kan Nimtsu Kan Hoyu is a. Um, Kanimtsu Kanhoyu is a Cheskas Haguf killer. The, the Kanimtsu Kanhoyu says if it was if it was found here in the Rishus of the Father, then it must have existed the whole time, even before the Erisin. So Rava learns the whole Mishnah Zeram Gamliel. And the reason why we don't follow Cheskas Haguf in the Reisha is Kanimtsu Kanhoyu. Now we're up to the answer of Ravashi. Ravashi is on the sixth line. Ravashi Amar, Reisha Mana Laaba Biyadcha, Seifa Mana Libiyadcha. Ravashi also holds that the whole Mishnah is going like Ram Gamliel. I, if the whole Mishnah is going like Ram Gamliel, then why in the Reisha is the burden of proof on the father? We should, Cheskas Haguf should say that the Mumin came later and the burden of proof should be on the husband to prove that they were there to begin with. Why don't we use Cheskas Haguf to allow the collection of the Ksuba? The answer is, in the Seifa, she's already 
did Nesuin. Since she already did Nesuin, she's the one who's collecting the Ksuba. She's collecting the Ksuba, she could use her Cheskas Haguf. Mashenkin and the Reisha, she's in her father's household. And we're talking about Anara. So we're talking about Anara, then the Ksuba goes to the father. The Ksuba goes to the father. The father cannot use her Cheskas Haguf to be Moitzi Mamain from the husband. So the Reisha is analogous to Mano Abba Biyadcha. You owe my father a mana. Oh, you owe my father a mana? So me, the toivea, cannot utilize the chazaka, my chazaka, to collect for my father. The seifa mana libiyatcha. The seifa is, she's the one collecting. She could use her own cheska sagof to bolster her claim that the mumen were all, were, uh, that the mumen developed later. But the father cannot use her cheska sagof to bolster his claim that the mumen deve- developed later. It would come out then that in, if she was not a Nara, if she was older, if the case was she was older, and then she's the one collecting the Ksuba, then the Halacha would be, even if the Mumen were found during Erosin, the Halacha would be, the burner proof would be on the husband to prove that it came before. So, Eisei Rav Acha, Braid Rav Avi, Rav Ashi, Rav Acha, the son of Rav Avi, asked Rav Ashi, Moidera Meir, Rameir's Maida, the Mumin Haruyin Lava Ima, Mibesaviha, Shalha Avla Havi Raya, that even though in the Seifa we say the husband has to bring a Raya, that the Mumin were always there, but if it's a type of Mum that would typically be there from the beginning, so then the father has to bring a proof that it came later. I, Vamai, why? Why buy a mum that could have easily developed before? Then Rameir would agree in the Seifa. The father has to bring a proof that it came later. But at the end of the day, the woman is the one collecting the Ksuba. And she should be able to use her Cheskas Haguf to say that it came later. So I, um, I see Toysus asks, that this should be a question on anybody, any of the answers of the Gemara. Because according to all the answers of the Gemara, the reason why the husband has to bring a proof in the Seifa that it developed earlier is because of Cheskas Haguf. So it's because of Cheskas Haguf. Why would anyone say that if it's something that could have been there to begin with, the burden of proof is on the father? But the Gemara asks this question on Rav Ashi. Why would Rameir be Maida Anamum? That's Ruyin Lava Imami Beisavia, that it's on the father to bring a raya. Why don't we say Manali Biyadchahu? Says Gemara, Hachavamayaskinan Biyaseirais. You know what kind of moment we're talking about? You know when the father has to bring a raya that the mumin developed later? Not a mum that could have been before. A mum that had to be there before. Let's say an extra finger. Let's say he married her and she has six fingers. You don't grow six fingers. Oh, you know, you ate too much celery. That's why you grew a sixth finger. No, if someone has a sixth finger, it was there the whole time. So then, um, we're talking, you know when Rameer is Maida, that the father has to bring a raya, that it was there, that it developed later? If it's an extra finger, because an extra finger had to have been there the whole time. So the father has to bring a raya that it developed later. Says, so my raya, my seat. 
what kind of raya is the father going to bring that she grew an extra finger later? Says the Gemara, no. Of course it was there the whole time. If, but the father has to bring a proof. So he has to bring a proof that the husband saw it and was aware of it and he came to terms with it. Okay. So the father's not coming to say about the extra finger, just he's coming to testify that the husband had seen it. Right. And he, right, he was aware of it. Not that it developed later, it for sure developed before, but that the husband was aware, exactly. Fine. Now we're going to talk about the infamous case of someone who exchanges a cow for a donkey. Chalipin. The way chalipin works is if, let's say, I have a cow and Mike has a donkey and we want to trade because you need a cow, you like milk, you like to have the convenience of having um, a cow in your kitchen. So this way, it's like a Poland spring machine. You just, you know, whenever you need milk, you just you just give a little squeeze. And I need a donkey because, um, you know, it's always good to have a donkey around. And we want to switch. Now, the way Kenyan Chalipin works is once one party does Mashiach on one animal, so when I do Mashiach on your donkey, you're kind of my cow, Wherever the cow might be. Now, what's what would be if I pull your donkey, and and it turns out later we look for the cow and the cow's dead, and we don't know if the cow died after I pulled your donkey, then your cow died. If the cow died before I pulled your donkey, my cow died. So Gemara talks about the following scenario: one who exchanges a cow for a donkey, umashach bal hachamara and the owner of the chamar, the owner of the chamar pulled the cow. So it's the opposite of what we just said. So you're the owner of the donkey, I'm the owner of the cow, and you pulled the cow. I didn't have a chance, the owner of the cow didn't have a chance to pull the donkey. The donkey's dead. The donkey's dead. So the question is, when did the donkey die? Did the donkey die before you pulled the cow? And then... Your donkey died, or did the donkey die after you pulled the cow, and my donkey died? So, you know, who's in, what should we do over here? We exchanged the cow for the chamar, and you did Mashiach on the para, and I didn't have a chance to do Mashiach on the chamar, and now the chamar is dead. So, Allah is, the Baal hachamar has to bring a raya. Al-Bal HaChamar Lahavi Raya It is upon the owner of the donkey That's you To bring a proof That his donkey was alive Bishas Mashiach Para At the time he pulled the cow So in other words We're exchanging a cow for a donkey You pulled the cow You're the Bal HaChamar You pulled the cow And I didn't have a chance to pull the donkey The donkey's dead who does the burden of proof fall on? Well, let's think for a moment. I would have said, you're the owner of the donkey. The donkey has a cheskas chayim. The donkey has a chazak, it was alive. So we should say it died at the last possible time. Probably it died when it was already mine. Plus it died in my rishus. Kan nimtsu, kan hayu. Shouldn't we say it died in my rishus? We don't say that. We say that it was dead to begin with. 
which is unusual. Why? What about the Cheskas Chai? What about uh, the fact that it died in my Rishus? No, it seems we say it died while you still owned it. The simple reason for that is here there's a question regarding the whole transaction, whether it was ever effective to begin with. Since there's a question whether the transaction was ever effective to begin with, then we say, um, it's like Bechezgas, it was not a good transaction. Moreover, there's something called a Marikama. Marikama means you're the original owner of the donkey. That ownership, Chazaka says, remains until we could prove it changed. So the halacha is, it's on the owner of the donkey to prove that the donkey was alive at the time of the Meshicha of the Para. Vitana Tuna. The Tana Tuna means the Tana of the Mishnah that speaks about Mumin supports this teaching. There are different ways of learning the Tana Tuna. Vitana, and it was taught Tuna, no, Visana, in other words, it was taught Tuna, like this Tana. It was taught like this Tana, or Vitana Tuna. The Tana of the Mishnah learnt the same teaching. But however you translate the words, the expression Vitana Tuna means, this teaching of Shmuel is supported by the Tana of the Mishnah by a Kala. Okay? This is Ayin Vav Amad Aleph. If you're around in about 30 minutes, we'll do Ayin Vav Amad Beis. Okay? <laughs> That's Ayin uh, Vav Amad. Okay, thank you very much. Call to everyone. Be well. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.